this is my first ever YouTube live and I couldn't have two better guests to start off with because it's so exciting. And I'm, I'm doubly excited because we've never had a conversation before. So it's going to be the most epic conversation. Um, oh. So because this is coming off the back of my Divine Feminine series, I thought that'd be a really good place to start and talk about Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine and Jen, especially in relation to your work with Twin Flames. So maybe does one of you want to start talking about what Divine Feminine means to you and how Divine Masculine relates to Divine Feminine? Go on, Jen, ladies first. Go on then. Okay, so Divine Feminine, I feel like we are upgrading what it means to really be a Divine Feminine. And so much of the patriarchal programming has done a right number on, on the Divine Feminine, obviously. So for me, I've had to just let go of all of the programming completely and utterly, you know, identify my limited beliefs and do whatever clearing to, 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 to become that empty vessel again. And as I stand in that place of being an empty vessel, I'm able to be in, in a very raw place, claim what it really means to be a divine feminine. And what it really means to be a divine feminine is to be a wild feminine. So I, I'm very much orientated and anchored towards the wild feminine. So what, what even does that mean? To me, the wild feminine, she's totally anchored in her power. She's burnt off her ego and, has, and, and her ego has died and become one with the ocean of God. And so she's transmitting from a place of, of egolessness, essentially, and, and, and being an empty channel. And, and from that place, it's finding that vibration of, of truth within you, regardless of what society says, regardless of what conditioning says, regardless of what your family commands of you. It's unequivocally standing in your truth and standing in your heart as an awakened soul. So, I mean, I've devoted half my books to, to speaking about the divine feminine and um, and, I, and it's what, what I've sort of like um, gathered is that it's very, very important for the divine feminine to really, really focus on her enlightenment and to really, really deeply focus on stabilizing in her awakeness. And through that, she'll be able to trailblaze her own healing journey, her own atonement journey. And so as she then trailblazes her own healing journey, when she aligns with her godmate, her, her mate that God has assigned for her, she will be able to, if she's done the work, to really take that leadership position to be able to hold space for her divine masculine's healing. So we're all suffering from PTSD, from being born into the matrix. Every single one of us are. It's, it's, I really believe it's the most challenging place for the soul to incarnate is this, this particular realm, this particular matrix. So we're all suffering from PTSD, from, from the ignorance of, of, of society and our family. So when we really, really enter, so a divine feminine, divine masculine is awakened feminine, awakened masculine, enlightened masculine, enlightened feminine. And so when we really get to that place, it's about, it's, it's about the healing journey. And it's about the divine feminine's held space for her own healing. And she's healed as much of her PTSD as she possibly can. So that when she aligns with her divine masculine, she can then help get him to that level of, of by holding space for him and, and sharing all the tools that she used to, to activate her own healing and atonement. And then from that level, the divine masculine can really experience a breakthrough, a profound breakthrough with his healing. And then, then he can hold space for her 
So, and then, and then it's like holding space as her PTSD unravels on a very, very, very deep unconscious level. So ultimately it's a healing journey, you know, coming into um, awakening because, because of the time that we're in and the atrocities have, that have been afflicted upon humanity. So we're, we're really in this, this healing crux at the moment. So, so, so that, that is essentially the, the journey. I mean, I've written like about 10 chapters in my book about it, but I think that's, I'll leave, I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> well, what would you say? I, do you know what? What was the question again? <laughs> what does divine feminine mean to you and how does it relate to divine masculine? Okay. Um, well, it has the same relationship as yin and yang, love and fear. It's balance. It's the duality of everything that exists. Um, and such an emphasis is being put on uh, uh, words like divine feminine and such like at this moment in time is because that's what's going to bring balance to earth um, purely from an energy perspective which is where I mostly work is that the lower three chakras which are predominantly the mass well not predominantly uh, more masculine and the upper three chakras uh, more the feminine energy what we're seeing now in humanity playing out or the reflection of the collective consciousness which has been for thousands of years is that we've been predominantly living and navigating as a collective um, there are obviously many individuals that uh, are very well balanced within their chakras um, and that are much more balanced with their feminine and masculine energy whichever it's never balanced in the sense where it's 50 50 of course females are going to be navigating through life much more in tune with their higher chakras and the feminine energy that runs through them and the males with the lower three chakras and that's as it's meant to be but where the balance is starting to be restored is that in truth it's the where things will really shift it's when the males start to engage with their upper three chakras i'm not saying they'll completely shift into them like a female will, does um, but as they start to navigate through life, being much more in tune with their heart chakra, their emotions, uh, um, tapping into moving away from the lower chakras that hold them in the place of ego, which has already been mentioned. So the divine feminine, um, the importance of it is that it's going to restore balance to humanity. It will mean that much of the needless suffering and wars uh, and ego egotistic dog eat dog um and the wars and all that kind of stuff will come to an end when this energy the collective consciousness start to shift and the consciousness shift in truth really is all beings eventually being aligned with all of the chakras engaged and it'll be different from individual to individual but essentially what we've seen reflecting in humanity now is a collective race that has been predominantly living in the lower three chakras. Uh, and that's not bad or good or evil or not. It, it's just a reflection of the collective consciousness and where they've been. And in accordance with astrological alignments, the binary suns coming closer together, the shifting of the ages into Aquarius and all of these things which all contribute to it is all leading us towards the collective 
um, engaging with all of the chakras, the males moving out of the egotistical lower chakras and starting to engage with the upper chakras. And essentially balance will be restored. So I, I look at it from an energy perspective and, and it's no coincidence that especially for me personally, when I started beating the drum of truth and trying to wake people up and in, trying to get people engaged to, to what, you know, the, the truth of reality, I suppose, I'd say at least 80, 90% of the audience and those that were commenting and sharing were actually females. Why? Because they're already engaged with their upper chakras. So when they are navigating through this minefield of, truth and falsehoods and misinformation and propaganda and all this kind of stuff what the women were actually doing is they don't they don't use their ego mind typically to navigate through this they use their intuition they use their emotions they use their their gut instincts and all these kind their hearts all these things that will lead them ultimately to the truth and the reason there weren't, wasn't so many men engaged or, or spreading the truth or shining the light in the same way is because typically the ego mind um, wants data. It wants peer-reviewed studies and all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't trust things like gut instinct or intuition or their emotions. So we're starting to move now and I'm starting to see it. And it's been great with my Reiki Academy. It went from the odd one person turning up that was a male that is to now having several males turn up to each course as they're starting to go through a shift. So the balance will be restored when the feminine energy really starts to move into the males. And then that's where true balance will be restored for me. Brilliant. <laughs> Can you respond to it, Kate? Cause I'd love to hear your wisdom. Oh yeah, thank you. So yeah, to me, divine feminine is an energy and it's in all of us and um, it's been suppressed. It's been really suppressed for thousands of years. And um, like you're saying, it's when we do the healing work on ourselves that it's, so that's what I was gonna just gonna say is that I feel like when we're talking about this kind of stuff, it can seem quite abstract and maybe quite unrelated to the problems of the day. I think really what we're going through is, and you just said, Paul, it's a shift in consciousness and we can't look to the old ways, the old places for solutions, right? We're not going to find solutions in politicians. We're not going to find solutions in celebrities. It's not about petitions and, you know, maybe protests have their place, but, you know, it's not, that's not where it's going to come. It's this shift in consciousness that, that creates the, the change. And so as we do the healing work on ourselves, like I just um, had my system here earlier and we were having a long conversation about what's been going on for us. And when you're doing that healing work on yourself, that is that is the shift, right? When you're dealing with your shadow, which I wanna get into with both of you, like dealing with the shadow, dealing with demons. When, you, when you're doing that, that is the awakening. So it seems like maybe these are our personal problems that aren't related to the world's problems or they're getting in the way of life. But actually, when we're doing that work, that's the healing work that means then we become the channel, right? And we become that divine presence in the world that is, you know, which you both do very beautifully. You embody that divine presence of being the healer. And then the, the, when you do the healing work on yourself, you're creating a frequency that invites other people to join you, right, in that healing space. So that's one of the things about 
a true healer, right, doesn't heal other people. They You just create a space for other people to heal themselves. So that's divine feminine as well. Like not trying to fix people, not trying to change people, just being the change and embodying it and then creating a space for people to join you in that, which, as I said, I think you both embody really beautifully. So, yeah, when I was thinking about, because I feel like you both have a lot in common, actually, and one of the things that you really have in common and one of the things that I think, again, really exemplifies the shift in consciousness that we're going through is that we've been really trained, I think, and really programmed to be in what I call extraction frequency, where people are always looking about what they can get, right? And we're taught that we're here to just get things out of people and amass material objects. And actually what what we really what really makes us happy and what really um what what we really want to do as humans is to give, right? And it's being of service. And both of you are really clear and um really vocal about how you know life is about service and about devotion to to god to a higher power so i'd love to hear from both of you on that maybe paul you would love to start this time on what that what that service means to you and that devotion to that you know that faith that you have in that higher power mm. um oof, uh, that's a big question isn't it it's a really big question um I can only speak from my own personal experience, I suppose. Um, but what I do know is, and it was no coincidence I've been put in a situations which has been purposely set before me to try and steer me down a path of materialism and gaining money and getting caught up in that, what the world is now where people call it the 3d world, which is essentially materialism uh, is best summarized as what can I gain? What can I gain from this person? What can I get back from this interaction? What can I gain from X, Y, and Z? And it's been very self-serving the way that humanity has been living for a very long time. Again, it's just a reflection of where consciousness is. Um, so it's not a judgment on anybody. It's just, again, if everyone's in a lower state of vibration, a lower state of conscious, they tend to do think about themselves and what they can gain from any given situation. And as the consciousness is shifting and every single individual is being given opportunities to align themselves with putting something else before them, whether it's a friend, a stranger, God, whatever it is. So for me, it's putting something before yourself. And that, in truth, is enlightenment for me. If you are putting something before yourself, like God, and, yours, and, and you want to serve others, when people are saying they're searching for enlightenment, just serve. That, that'll lead you to whatever you think enlightenment is, where... It's quite difficult for, for people to actually say what is enlightenment. When do you get there? How, who, who do we know that's been there? What was that defining moment that said enlightenment? Did you reach it? And then that's it. I think enlightenment is just a great way to, to, to encapsulate something that is basically a higher state of vibration that can only be attained by serving others and not the self in short very good 
<laughs> what about you, Jen? You're so you're so um, devoted, aren't you, to the higher power? Do you want to tell us about that relationship? I'm very vocal about my devotion. Um, well, I, I had a very powerful life-changing spiritual awakening when I was 21 on the top of a Himalayan mountain chanting the mantra Om Namah Shivaya. And uh, I was very young, very, very naive. I was kind of on a spiritual path and I knew there was a light and I was sort of going for it. And I met this woman and she said to me, you must chant the mantra Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. And so I chanted it about 30,000 times that day. And we walked up to the top of this mountain, which was right near Kailash, which is the Shiva's mountain high up in the Himalayas. And we got to the top of the mountain and, and I was guided to sort of like leave the group and um, and I was like, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. And then I looked up and all of a sudden this is like this flash appeared in the sky. And in that moment, it just blasted my third eye open. And I didn't even know that I had a third eye. And it was like, all of a sudden, my third eye was just like, boom. And it was like, I had a near-death experience. And I basically stared into God's face. And I was like, God isn't the man, the dodgy geezer that they told me about in my Catholic religion. God is the energy of pure, absolute, eternal love. And so in that moment when my third eye opened and I was like faced with God, I was like getting like encyclopedias worth of downloads of truth. And it's very, it's hard to sort of put that into like linear kind of like language. But in that moment, I understood the absolute oneness of every sort of every grain of sand and every blade of grass and every molecule of oxygen and every person is like, it's like a tapestry. It's like a tightly woven tapestry. And there is not one aspect of creation that is separate from creation. All that exists is oneness. And, um, and so I was having this experience and I could sense all these ascended beings around me, like um, Archangel Michael, Yeshua, Mother Mary, um, Mary Magdalene, Gandhi, John Lennon, um, uh, Bob Marley. It was like all these ascended beings like were like going, woohoo, oh my God, because it's like no mean feat for one person to like actually have a like full third eye opening. So I felt this like amazing celebration energy and, um, and, and what, what I learned about God, what I knew about God in that moment is that my soul was born, was, was created in the ocean of love of God. Love and God is the same, same word. God, love and truth, same word, synonymous. They're all synonymous. So what I was shown was that my soul was created in that ocean of truth, of, of love. And my soul once my vessel is complete is going to return home to that ocean of love and it was very clear to me that my whole time whilst incarnated in this body was to hold that god consciousness frequency and that that was why i'm here and as i was having that experience i i was shown my so I, I had access to the i got i gained access to the akashic records and i suddenly was able to pull through like many many different past lives but more importantly, I, I found out about my, my gifts and my role in this life. And the first thing that my spirit team said to me was your, your work, your main work is to work with children because children are, are so close to source energy that they incarnate into this world where all the adults around them have forgot the truth. And so, so my team were like, your role is to, is to hold that frequency of, of light, of God, of truth to the children so that so to, to validate their vibrational experiences and just to validate their experiences of, of whatever they're having. And they said to me, they said, oh, your, your path is going to be uh, music. You're going to be uh, mainly transmitting these codes through music. Um, and they said, and they said I was going to be a teacher and, and a fashion designer. And, and of course, I was a fashion designer for 11 years. And that's another story. But 
back to my what I so so with God what I what I found out about God really is that God is love God is truth and that we are all fractals of that so like God is like one big massive diamond and we're just like a tiny little minuscule little fractal of that of that source code and so essentially and it was like before I had my enlightenment awakening experience I was very very invested in my ego I was a highly intelligent deep thinker and I believed it I believed I was separate I believed I wasn't safe I believed I didn't belong on on the earth and I was deeply invested in that belief because I didn't know anything else I was just orientated from my egoic consciousness and so once I had that experience it was like the singular drop of water that 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 represents my ego returned back to the ocean and my consciousness became one with the ocean and so from that place so it's like you become you become an activated source being and I mean it's an infinite story it's like do you know what I mean but I will say what one thing I I think is really really important about my relationship with God is that I remember very very clearly sitting at the feet of mother father God prior to my incarnation and promising, having a conversation and promising that I would become empty. That that's what I would do, Jen, I would become empty. And God was like, the moment you become empty, that is when I will fill you with my light. And so that's all I do. My whole spiritual practice, my whole life is orientated towards being an empty vessel because if you think about all instruments are hollow, like a flute is hollow, a drum is hollow, a guitar is hollow. Why, why are all instruments hollow? So that they can receive the, the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's really where I'm at. I, I just remember, so I'm committed to all these practices that keep me in that state of emptiness. And I will say one thing about um, this whole kind of like enlightenment conversation, I think for me, it's that it's that absolute realization that the mo this this moment is it, and your journey ends like right here. There's no more seeking. There's no more searching. There's this this the profound satiety of gratitude for the moment, and 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 that is a profound sort of like milestone of enlightenment to reach, and it never really goes. And I call that like returning home to the zero point. So so there there is like, and it's also connected to this metamorphosis from caterpillar to butterfly like we're all on this evolutionary process from 3d consciousness to 5d christ consciousness now at some point you're going to flip at some point that caterpillar is going to flip and she's going to go into 5d christ consciousness and she's going to stabilize and until that moment of the flip what my team showed me is that our 5d higher self is always there and so the choices that we make will have glimpses. So a lot of people in my community, they have like glimpses. They're like, they'll, they'll totally have 5D sort of experiences, but then they'll come out, they'll have a circumstantial thing and it will take them off their surfboard and they'll pop back down into their sort of caterpillar. And there's no one's judging, like no one is judging anyone. It's just an evolutionary process between you and God. Do you know what I mean? But um, but definitely there isn't there is I have experienced on my evolutionary journey from my awakening age 21 and I'm coming up to my 48th birthday. So 27 years of being in an enlightened in a fully awakened state of consciousness, I have definitely noticed that there is a level of stability where the flips happened and, and you've zero pointed and you've totally come home to the present moment. And the hallmarks of that are the search is over. 
that there, there, there's just service there is just gratitude and there's just this profound experience of of having arrived and having an experience of like this is what every soul is seeking every soul is seeking that that satiety of arriving home in the moment so that that's my little bit of my experience with Kate well, could you tell us your, you've been having amazing third eye experiences. Do you want to share on that? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I presume you're speaking about the video I posted. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that that's one of many strange things that happened to me in the night, to be honest, when I'm having visitors and such such like. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll share a similar story to Jen of how my, my biggest shift um, that, that came to me was through a near-death experience as well. Um, I was going through, my whole life I've gone through many, like anyone else in truth, and I'm nothing special, like anyone else, spiritual strange moments, hearing voices in your head. I've had so many uh, um, divine interventions that have literally pulled me out from ceasing to exist in this physical body so I've always known because of these and my friends always used to say especially in the military as well like you know you're literally the luckiest person I've ever met in my life and and I am I really am um I've been very blessed and looked after um and that also gave me a feeling of I'm being protected and looked after for uh a specific role, a higher purpose. And I always felt that. I felt that from a very young age. Um, I, I almost could, well, not almost, I could tell you from a very young age exactly what I was going to do. That I was going to join the military. After the military, I would then get involved in something like health and fitness and hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff as I started to navigate through under a better, deeper understanding of what I call the three aspects of what makes the human being, mind, body, and soul. So as I was navigating through all these things, um, I had a profound shift at the age of 33 when I um, had the near-death experience. And during this near-death experience, I met um, a, a being that would be referred to as the Elohim. Um, so in this interaction with the Elohim, and I was on their planet, um, and the planet, when I was there, I, I, I was returning home. So if you ever have some, if you ever have an experience, whether it's through ayahuasca or a near-death experience or going to some kind of sacred site like mountains where the energy, the veil is so thin because you're so high up, you're able to have these kind of experiences. And when you travel to these higher states, um, when you're there, you're not like, where am I? It's a knowingness. You know where you are. And I, while I was on this planet, I knew the density of the planet uh, in terms of the gravitational pull was 10 times stronger than that of Earth. I knew that the inhabitants lived within the Earth. And I actually knew that most planets are actually like that rather than the way that our planet is, that they're, in, they're inhabitants within the Earth. Um, I knew everything about this place. And anyway, as I was engaged with this um, being who was in Elohim, um, who was a family member to me, I just, I was overwhelmed with emotions and I just was holding my arms out saying, I'm home and home and home. Uh, it was a beautiful feeling. And um, 
the conversation, it was a lengthy conversation that I had, but in short, basically saying, you need to go back now. Um, you know what you're there for. You will remember. Just know that we're going to be helping you all, all along the way. We're watching you. We're helping you. We're proud of you so far. It was a really nice message. And um, and then when I came back home, I was just, I was, I was, I was different. I was different. It massively shifted me because it had settled the doubt in my mind and any count uh, at this time, at age 33, which is what about nine years ago. Um, although way before the age of 33, I was having many different experiences. There was, I was having internal battles where I genuinely thought, am I losing the plot? Am I crazy? Because this was, back in a time like nine, 10, well, 12 years ago when things really started shifting, social media, there wasn't like Facebook groups for this kind of thing. There wasn't many YouTube videos to, to give you any kind of greater understanding. I didn't come from a spiritual family or a religious family. So I was literally, which was exactly as it was meant to be. So I couldn't be indoctrinated or swayed one way or the other. So I could find my own way. Um, and when I came back, those that inner talk of am I losing the plot what am I here for am I really here for a bigger purpose am I just mental am I am I making these things up to just to give myself some kind of purpose am I lost it was just gone it was settled and then from the age of 33 up until present day if you'd have had a conversation with me I would have said to you there's something coming in the very near future and I'm going to play an integral part in leading the new world. And that was, that was it. I knew it. I knew it beyond any shadow of a doubt. So um, that was, that was my first big shift, if you like, in uh, my own consciousness and the realization that I'm here for something much bigger than, than what I, why, what even I, even though I could feel it, it was much bigger than even I thought. So that was my big shift, meeting the Elohim. Tell us about your third eye. Like, it's literally been lighting up, right? Mm. Um, oh, uh, this will just sound weird, but I'll just tell you the truth. Um, I have work done on me when I sleep, and it's, it's, it's other energies that do this kind of work. So in, in all honesty, um, I don't know why, they activated my third eye the way that they did. I don't know why it was pulsating so that I could catch it on camera. Um, at this point, when that happened, I was I was so used to this work being done. There's been many times when I've woke up in the evening and there's literally a chamber that's been put around me with these codes that are within the chamber. If you imagine like a chamber coming over my bed um, and I could see all these codes and the colds would be just flying into me at random as well. There was not, it weren't like one after just different colds flying into me. And as they were flying into me, it was, it was the feeling of activation of certain DNA codes and things like this. So that's, that's what was happening that night. So um, I don't know why my third eye was activated the way that it was. I don't know what the purpose of it was. All I know is that it was, other beings that I surrender to that were just doing the work, to be honest. It's not something I can, if you said to me now, right, go and activate your third eye in the same way that you didn't catch on camera. I'm not too sure that I could, 
You know, that was a real, I caught it in that moment as the work was being done on me. Um, and I've never caught it again since. I've seen many things, you know, when I wake up. I just go back to sleep now because it's been happening for such a long time. <laughs> Can I, I, I wouldn't mind just sharing that. I think like my perception of like why you're having these amazing experiences, Paul, is because they're like, um, you're, you're like a role model for the divine masculine somehow. And I feel like they're templating you with all the new codes. And, and somehow like your voice is really, really important in, in, mm. in this transformation. And so, and, and particularly to men, particularly mm -hmm. to men and that they're coding you. I mean, you probably know that. I just, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's so beautiful and auspicious that um you know and and, I, and i'm so grateful that to hear that you're really really trusting because you, you you've got nothing to worry about like oh my god like you know that now anyway but mm -hmm. yeah like you're, yeah. you're so loved oh my god mm. yeah yeah totally agree no i mean it, uh, it's um i'm great sometimes i've had to wake up in the middle of the night and just said I need some sleep. Can, can you just leave it tonight? And they do. And, and it's like they shut up shop and go, okay, disappear. And, they, and I get a good sleep. And then they'll come back. Um, what I did notice is that they'd never go more than three days of doing work on me. So if I was getting really tired with all the work that was happening, come the fourth night, I knew there was going to be no work being done on me so I could get a good restful sleep. So, um, and so, yeah, so there you go. As crazy as that'll sound to a lot of people, but hey-ho, that's the truth. Yeah, well, I think, like Jen said, you know, you're leading the way. We're all leaders in our own way, right? And what we were experiencing, those kind of higher vibrational experiences, that's what's to come for everyone, right? And mm -hmm. that is the ascension or the shift into 5D or however you want to call it. But, you know, we're just, for whatever reason, we're just experiencing them like ahead of the curve, but everyone's going to go through those experiences eventually, right? And that's the 12 strand DNA activation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Yeah. The, um, the, it's what's interesting is that I always ca I, I categorize this and as, as three, three groups of souls that are here, three groups of souls. And they're as integral to each other. Um, so when I say this, I'm not then going to try and... It could easily perceive that I'm saying one group of souls, which is in the largest numbers, are lesser in some way. It's not. It, they're all integral to each other. So these three groups of souls, the let's say the number threes, and I'm not putting it in that order, like I say, as a hierarchy or one's better than another, but... The largest amount of souls are the ones that have been earthbound um, that have not really be, come from anywhere else. Let's just put it that way. And these earthbound souls that have incarnated on this physical plane, they've, by design, by the opposing forces of light, by design, they have ensured that each time they've left the physical body, which then the natural progression would be to go up to a higher plane, heaven, receive certain insights that will shift them from a soul perspective to a higher vibration. So then when they incarnate back into a physical body again, they're a slightly more evolved soul than what they were previously. So then they evolve, their soul evolves through the physical beingness on this earth. That's been tampered with. 
so that many of these souls are struggling to evolve. So they just keep incarnating. It's, it's a perpetual circle where they just can't elevate themselves. So that's the, you can see this playing out in humanity now. It's typically the ones that have bought into the whole pandemic, generally. Then there's the groups of souls, the number twos, I call them. These are the ones that they could have been here for a very long time, could have even been here since they began, but they've come from a place where they've already been going through a soul evolution at a different star system. So they're just further along on the journey, just further along on their soul journey. They've come here to shift the balance, to raise consciousness, to contribute, to serve God. And even just them being here, uh, as an energy, even if they haven't fully woken up to who they are just yet, just being here as an energy has already raised the vibration. But now what you're starting to see is many of these souls that have come from other star systems, whether it's relatively recently or thousands of years ago, are starting to wake up to who they are because the programs within them is in the DNA. So as consciousness starts to rise and the frequencies of consciousness and energy starts to rise, it'll start to activate those codes. So they go through a, it's like a remembering, remembering of who they are. And that is felt by, I feel like, you know, Jen said music, music's a thing. So it's in her codes to produce music. Um, for you, Katie, it'll be bringing people together and whatever else resonates. And for me, it's to... Um, be a leader, be a leader that represents the people. And so that's my journey. And every individual that's a part of these, the number twos and ones that are much smaller in numbers at this moment in time, but it will grow. So all the new souls that are starting to incarnate on this earth will then by default will just be at a two and a one. There won't be any more threes of a low, lower vibration again. It's not a judgment thing. It's just, it's just energy. So, um, so these number twos and ones now are literally going to not just be the healers, the teachers and the light bearers. And we're literally as a collective going to steer this planet in the direction towards a higher state of love, God. I really want to ask you about demons, but it seems like actually a better place to segue into 144,000, because just before we started recording, Jen was saying, Jen, would you love to share your experience that you just had recently? Yeah, I was just sharing with Kate that um, I, I, I went through a really, really powerful enlightenment portal two weeks ago. And it was just before the 9-9 um, portal date and the transmission. And I was meditating and um, all of a sudden, I, I basically, I, it was like a little sliver of light and I could see this scene. And as I focused on it, it was like the scene kind of got wider and wider. And what I was shown was that I found myself in this ceremony where with all the galactics and all many, many, many ascended beings. And, um, and basically the golden age timeline was being anchored into the earth grid. And so they were showing me that they were tying it with golden threads into Egypt as Egypt being the major mother portal on the earth. So a lot of the work was with Egypt and, and then a lot of the work was with Glastonbury, was with Avalon, which is the heart chakra. 
And so as all this was happening, um, I was being shown that this was deeply connected to the reunification of the 144,000 twin flame pairs, divine union pairs, because when the twin flame, the godmates, the ascension partners, whatever you want to call it, but that, the one that your soul has been created with from the beginning of creation, when you come together with that particular soul assigned partner, we experience the frequency of rapture and we experience the frequency of bliss and, and ecstasy. And those are the precise frequency codes that are going to lift the realm out of the third dimension and stabilize her into the fifth dimensional Gaia golden age timeline. So I was being shown that there was this massive kind of like ceremony, this sort of higher dimensional ceremony was taking place with all the 144,000 twin flames. And my team was showing me that this particular portal that we were working with, the 99 portal, because it was all about the completion. And they were saying to me, this 99 is like the big one. And they were saying that it is the end of separation. Like the, the, the separation cycle is complete on, on a higher dimensional level. We know it takes a little bit of time for it to filter down into the lower dimensions, but they were saying, this is what the 99 is representing. It's a completion ceremony. It's the completion of separation of how souls have, have chosen the, the experiences of separation for their evolution. So they were like, that is done, 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 done dusted we are now moving into the unity consciousness the unity timeline so um, it was very very powerful and as it was happening I was getting very very emotional and 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 they showed me that I was there as as a representative of the 144,000 so I was there like the ground crew kind of going, oh yeah I'm here you know like yep yeah, got a ground crew like you know I'm showing up for duty but somehow I was like representing our our soul group and I felt everyone there and it was so mad because I could see everyone. I could see all the 144,000 and I had all my crew because I mean, you know, I've got this like big massive Facebook group and I've been working the star seeds for God knows how long. And they, they all presented as orbs. And I thought, oh, there's Deb, there's orbs, Deb, there's orbs, um, Liam, there's orbs. And, and it was like, everyone was like orbs. It was so amazing. And we were all just there and we were like just holding space for this profound anchoring. And my team said to me something very, very important. They said, this, this timeline has anchored, but you're not going to experience this timeline if you're sitting on your bum saying, oh, Jen said the golden age timeline has anchored everyone, da, 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 that you're not going to experience it. They said, in order to experience the energy of the golden age timeline, you, we have to become an embodiment of that. We have to now truly, truly, truly drop all doubt, drop all questioning. We need to step up into our manifestation mastery, understanding that we are consciousness beings and we are here to co-create whatever it is that we want if you want to have long hair create that access that in the quantum field if you want to have a million pounds access that in the quantum field if you want the, the bullshit to be over access that in the quantum field they were like you have to now stop collapsing like you know that there can be no more collapsing into doubt we have to rise and become very very stabilized embodiments of these faith codes 
in order to meet that the energy of that golden age timeline and they like they like imprinted they were so like heavily adamant on this they were like you're not going to experience it if you're still in that old thing of like moaning about oh where why isn't he wrong and blah, 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 blah. you're not going to experience it you have to level up now we all have to individually level up to meet this energy so because I got such a sort of like massive download from my team I was like all right all right I, I get it and um and I woke and I feel like I woke up the next morning and I just had like such a huge shift it was unbelievable and I'm sort of like I'm definitely still in those energies and now all my transmissions and all my lives and all my everything is like it's like next level it's gone next level um because of this understanding of really really moving through the world now really truly um at, at, in embodiment like in, in an embodiment of, of, of becoming, of being a master manifester, because we're, we're working, this is the quantum field. Everything that we, that we wish to experience is within the quantum field. And in order for us to align with that, we need to hold steady to that vibration. Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that, that was, that was um, my uh, latest uh, portal, enlightenment portal that I've been through. <laughs> so Paul, you have the 144 Reiki Academy. Tell us what 144,000 means to you. Um, well, interestingly, everything Jen just described then is, is essentially what I'm teaching everybody that attends the Reiki Academy. Um, very simply put, it's a state of beingness that is holding a higher vibration. So... The, I'm not just teaching people on the Reiki Academy to be able to heal through Reiki and energy. Um, it's heavily leaning towards their own state of beingness um, and making them aware of their state of beingness. Um, the whole world would shift tomorrow if everyone became aware of their energy field, what brings it down and what brings it up essentially and what brings it up are many of the words that's just been spoken like faith truth love god service brotherhood sisterhood these are all high states of vibration um, and if everybody was aligned with that or at least a huge percentage of humanity was aligned with that now the world would completely change with no peace in an instant um so that's why predominantly cheap teach on the the reiki academy the other um, aspects to it is that i'm gathering them um and i always knew I, it, I was it was going to be me that gathered them so when i started reading about the 144,000, it re it resonated with me I, I i was like that that's my job i am going to gather the 144,000. and again jen's just touched on it um i know i spoke to you about this previously but the true holy land is actually the UK. That's why the heart chakra is here. Um, and so I'm not just saying, I'm not saying then only the 144,000 will come from these lands, but the vast majority are going to, because that's exactly where I'm gathering them. Um, and recently we, we're doing missions as well. So as well as aligning them, with the academy and the 144,000 so then we can start to shift within ourselves and and also the collective consciousness um so then they can go out in their families friends and their 
their their um their groups of work peer groups whatever it is wherever their energy if they can hold their energy high which i've taught them to do and to keep bringing it up and we're constantly in conversations you imagine 144,000 souls that are all aligned with this higher state of beingness it will affect all the people around them so it's not just going to be contained this energy isn't just going to be contained then within the 144,000 it'll spread out into millions um, and anyway we recently did a mission so the G7 um, summit was in Charlie and no coincidence they were on um, the, a, a ley line the, they were on the Bellinoose ley line um, previous to that they were in Cornwall on the Michael and Mary line um, and then I've just found out they're also going to be meeting in Glasgow. I can't remember. They're all, they're meeting somewhere else soon as well for another forum, another G7, which is on another powerful ley line. And this is intentional because most of these beings called principalities, demonic entities and such like that all come together. They, they practice rituals. They practice rituals to try and shift the collective field of energy by tapping into the ley lines to bring the energy of the collective down so that the collective is easier manipulated and essentially so they can keep control. Um, so one of the things that we did is that I was able to facilitate an entry point into the G7 summit while they're in Charlie and we collectively, hundreds of us, went in there and brought in loads of light. And um, it was great because I've got, I've got so many different group chats now. So each Reiki group has its own separate chats, which they're all conversing and sharing their stories and insights and connecting, which is great. Um, but what I get to see is all of the group chats and every single group chat. So all these group chats are independent from each other. So they're not connected yet. They're connected energy energetically but I mean to be able to verbalize and communicate in that way they're not connected yet and um, to see them all sharing the same visions and the same colors and lights and symbols and everything that we're seeing it, it showed it really did work and I know I'm preaching to the to the converted already so you understand what I'm saying so, um, so that was one of many missions that we're going to be doing uh, it was actually that we did that as well so um, the 144,000 is lifting raising consciousness it's within those soldiers of the 144,000 holding a state of beingness within themselves which then means when attacks come on the collective consciousness to try and lower the vibration if they hold the energy which they will the the collective consciousness won't drop like it did before so we're kind of not kind of we're anchoring we're holding the energy at a place now and as the army grows and grows and grows to it, almost no matter what is thrown at the collective consciousness from their energy, whether it's fear, predominantly fear-based, false flag events, all that kind of stuff, these guys are the ones that are going to hold the energy so that the collective consciousness doesn't fall again like it did before. Like mm -hmm. guardians, they're going to be like the guardians, if you like, the light beings that are the protectors of um, the energetic realm with is earth yeah. can i can i just say one thing about what um and i wrote about this in my book i think you'd love my book paul it's called twin flames and the event and i've talked loads and loads about the 144,000. 
But um, what one of the things that came through when I was bringing that book through was that the 144,000 are the original source beings. So in the moment of the Big Bang, like so all that existed was like source was like God was just like this big sort of ocean of oneness. And at some point, at some point, it was decided that 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 there would be a split from from the wholeness. And, and, and basically, we, we would become individualized. But in that first initial fractal fractalization, we split off as 144,000. So we're like the oldest ancient source beings that have like had galactic missions all over the universe. Like we, we we're, we're basically like system busters, like any planetary system that's like, you know, under threat or about to go down, we all just incarnate there. And, and it's like, that's what we do. We just, we, we, we move around. It's like what Paul says, we're like, we're the anchorers, we're the anchorers of the higher of the higher codes and the higher timeline, and we're the embodiments of that. And it's and it and it prevents that sort of like real deep collapse into into those lower kind of energies. So we're kind of like buffers in a way. We're like keep keeping it at a, at a sort of um, at a particular level. But I just wanted to mention about that about the hundred forty four thousand because that really really deeply resonates for me because I, I I feel that. But what I go on to talk about is that the 144,000 when we did do that fractal split from source uh, we split up we split as androgynous um, androgynous pairs so the 144,000 is actually 288 uh, pairs of, of men and women or masculine and feminine polarity mm -hmm. so um and then we stayed in our androgynous state. And, and Plato talks about this. I mean, this is like, I'm not the only person that's ever talked about this. Do you know what I mean? But this is like known that we stayed in our androgynous state for like billions and trillions of years. And then at some point it was decreed. There was like this big sort of like conference, spiritual conference. And we were like, all right, we're ready now. We're, we're, we're going to do that split. We're going to us androgynous, original androgynous unit, like we're going to split. And then that was when the twin flames split. And what, what my team told me was that when we did split many billions and billions of years ago, we stayed in our sort of like harmonious vibration, i.e. we incarnated in our vibrational pairs over all, all, all um, aspects of the, of the galaxy and the universe. But it wasn't until the time of Atlantis. So at the time of Lemuria, we were in our twin flame pairs. We were in a very, very high, blissful, high dimensional state of consciousness. And then Lemuria sort of like merged with Atlantis and it was all going quite well at Atlantis originally. And then, and then there was like this energy came in. I mean, this is a really, really long story, but in a nutshell, what my team showed me was that at the time of Atlantis, there was like this electromagnetic grid that surrounded the Earth plane and it kept the Earth protected from lower um, sort of like nefarious frequencies. But as part of this evolution that we're in now from experiencing the timeline of separation for us to go back to oneness and back to source at the time of Atlantis, uh, uh, um, something, a vulnerability was allowed to take place within the electromagnetic grid and it created an opening in a gap. And once that opening in that gap like broke the seal around the earth, then what I was shown was that all these like lower frequency, like Martian energy was allowed to enter into the earth grid. And that, that brought with it the conversation of, of ownership, of separation, of my land, your land, of the, this whole idea of, of, of separation. Whereas prior to that, it was all just like bliss, unity and community. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's like working together for the, for the state mm -hmm. of oneness. But once this energy came in, um, there was a, this was all connected to what went down at Atlantis where a lot of, but this was all God's plan. It wasn't like, oh shit, man, that happened in Atlantis. It was like, this was the plan. This was what meant to be. 
But at the time of Atlantis, um, there was a lot of beings that were acquiring spiritual powers that then began using their spiritual powers for their own personal gain. And when yeah. you do that, you you like that's bad. Like that's like like bad. Do you know what I mean? And so then you like really, really um, so that that caused what we now call the fall of Atlantis the fall of Atlantis mm -hmm. is that frequency drop that took place at the time of Atlantis. So also what my team told me was that the twin flames were heavily targeted at the time of Atlantis because the twin flame pairs in their blissful union state, they're, they're in rapture, pretty much in rapture most of the time. And so such a high frequency to, to hold. And so that's not going to work for their nefarious lower frequency plan. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of the, the uh, twins were targeted and a lot of the divine masculines were specifically targeted to go and serve in these Martian wars and agendas, which they brought into the thing. And so in a lot of my work, uh, with the twin flames, a lot of it is actually restoring and healing that trauma that took place at the time of Atlantis. Because like people come to me for sessions years ago and they'd be like, duh, 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 and I'd be like, oh, that's 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 Atlantis. Like you're still suffering from that core separation trauma that happened at the time of Atlantis. So we go back to Atlantis and we recorrect that timeline and we completely and utterly change the script of that timeline. And then it and it causes this amazing like unraveling of so like lifetimes and lifetimes of trauma. Because you if you have that experience in Atlantis that's then your next lifetime you don't resolve that it's, it's just gonna you're gonna keep on experiencing it until you can resolve that so my job is you know really really about sort of assisting uh, the 144,000 to resolve that Atlantic uh, Atlantean trauma that took place so there you go yeah um I completely I agree with what you're saying in, um in terms of it's always been the plan um because when people speak to me about the time of Atlantis, Lumeria and all, and, you know, antiquity, um, to reach the heights in terms of an energy frequency or soul evolution that we're heading towards now, we wouldn't be able to achieve that higher state without the presence of darkness. So had this planet remained um one that was just light and love with no opportunity for darkness to manifest it's actually a lower state of vibration than a physical plane that has the potential for darkness to manifest so to be able to raise the energy love light truth align yourself with god whatever descriptor you use to be able to do that in on a plane where darkness where the, the the complete opposite of those energies can also exist is how you can attain the highest state of vibration from a soul perspective in a physical form so yes this was exactly planned to work out the way that it's happening now and it wasn't by mistake to allow darkness in so that we could all have an opportunity in this life and the many lives before to align ourselves with the light. And the, the thing that we're moving into now that people call singularity, oneness, um, is in an, it's an understanding that 
there is no good or bad. There is no here or there. There is no left or right. There's just either a presence of light or not. And that's it. And when you start to reflect that from within, that there is no evil, there is no good, there is no bad. It's just a presence or lack of light. When you see things from that perspective and you align yourself with that, then the collective will reach a, a soul collective that's never been reached before. And Atlantis, Lumeria and all those times before were basically stepping stones to this point that we're in, right? To this point in time that we're at right now. Mm, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I want to I wanna talk about demons because I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's a big part of it, is that I, I, I kind of always knew that people had entities and I, like, sometimes I can see the kind of entities that people have, but I feel like what's been happening in the last 18 months, like, the demons have really come to the surface, right? Mm. Like, the demons are really out there. And we talked about it when we did our Divine Feminine interview, Jen, and I know it's something that you refer to a lot as well, Paul, is like, how do we deal with the demons? So I'd really love to lead people with something like practical. It's like, so, so you know, what, what we've been saying is that we, we are love, right? Love and light is our, our essence, our nature. And when we're not mm -hmm. in that, that is when people are in victim, when they're in anger when they're in all these kind of love vibration emotions i see that as demons that are like feeding on that energy right they're feeding yeah. that pure source energy and taking us into darkness and so when we're doing the work we're doing the healing work and we're releasing our shadow we're releasing the demons and then they have to leave the planet right because we're not a host for them anymore we're not we're not allowing them to exist within us we're like now i know myself as love i know myself as light I'm not going to take on those negative emotions. I'm not going to take on those low emotional emotions. And that's literally <laughs> how, how we get the demons to leave the planet. But I would love to hear from both of you, like what, what your perspective is on demons and, and leave people maybe some practical ways of how they can deal with their demons and um, yeah, assist them in leaving our beautiful earth plane. <laughs> Do you want to answer Paul? Yeah, okay. Um... I like analogies because uh, I think it's a great way to simplify things for people that are not necessarily as well versed in understanding energy, spirit, God, all that kind of stuff. So we are transmitter receivers and we're water beings and our impulses, thoughts, words and actions come from electrical impulses that come from our energy field predominantly sometimes come from a higher place that's given to us like divine interventions and messages and such like but it's all energy now very simply put the the, the well you can and i don't advise anyone does this but you can summon them up into yourself so you can intentionally call them in okay <laughs> which is never a good idea but there are some beings out there that have done this now the beings that do this are of a low vibration and what they do is go through ceremonial practices witchcraft art magic occult magic whatever it is um to if you imagine when they say as above so below there's a mirror image of this world the underworld so as we search for this 
a higher state of beingness, enlightenment, whatever descriptor you want to use, essentially we're taking the energy up. As we're taking the energy up, their version in the underworld of going up is going further away from our light. And again, from their perspective, enlightenment is attained from our perspective, from moving further away from love and God. That makes sense? So as we go up, their, their version of enlightenment is to go further, further down. So you have to go really, really low in your vibration, whether you are consciously trying to call them in because you want to gain some kind of self-serving power, sell your soul, literally to sell your soul. Um, but for those that aren't seeking to be in, uh, um, to have a host, one of those lower energies, demonic entities, the way that these demonic entities can influence you is when your vibrational field of energy is so low that they can tap into it. So if you want to listen to BBC Radio 1, you've got to tune into a specific frequency to be able to hear that channel. So if you want to tune into that, and I don't advise anyone tunes into that, you have to tune into a frequency that is very, very low. So the practical side of things, if anyone's ever concerned about this, all you have to do is become aware of your state of beingness. So become bring an awareness to your thoughts. Where are your thoughts at this moment in time? Are your thoughts of ones of self-doubts, lack of faith, lack of trust, lack of love, lack of light, lack of compassion, lack of empathy? And if you're not feeling any of these things, and you're much more in alignment with self-serving or negative thought processes, uh, um, speaking ill of others, jealousy, all these kind of very low vibrational thought processes will lower your vibrational field. So then these energies, which are described as demonic, can actually start to, and where it starts, I've done many exorcisms now, many, and where it always starts typically is something like the dreams. So if you're in a very, this is why a lot of people, if they've had a, if they've been, had a boozy weekend, just had a boozy weekend and their energy field is rock bottom, so many of these individuals then will suffer with sleep paralysis or have nightmares. And that's where it starts. And the energy, these demonic energies first will infiltrate your dreams. Then they'll try and lower the vibration by putting fear into you, whether that's through nightmares or, like I say, uh, um, sleep paralysis. And they'll keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away until your vibrational field is so low that now they're influencing your thoughts, words, and actions. So very simply put, it's everything to do with your state of beingness, which is very simply put as become very mindful of your thoughts, words, and actions. And if you align them with the highest of intentions of a high vibration, love, peace, unity, empathy, truth, God, these demonic energies will not have any influence over you whatsoever. That's it for me. Perfect. Perfectly put. <laughs> Jen, the quote I use from that interview is, when you do the work, you can eat demons for breakfast. So. <laughs> I do, I have them with ketchup and brown sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's like, 
when I had my spiritual awakening when I was 21 and I, I went to like such a high level of consciousness that I would sort of like kind of join the ranks of the elders, like the spiritual elders of the planet. And um, I just knew deeply that like, it's like there's a threshold and I talk about 3D, 4D, 5D. Once you actually get to 5D, you, you, and you've done whatever it is, you're untouchable, you're untouchable because you're in that light frequency, you're holding that light frequency. And so they're like, you, you can still get attacks. I've had loads of attacks, like untold attacks, but they don't stick and I don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? People attack, I don't care. Like whatever, you can think what you want to mean. This is between me and God. I'm just here to please God. I'm not here to please you. Do you know what I mean? And so all these attacks, they come, but they don't, they just like, they don't touch the sides. But it takes a lot to get your consciousness like stable at that level and it certainly wasn't a walk in the park for me to um you know and that's a whole nother kind of like subject matter but I, I would say that the way to become um invulnerable to any sort of like demonic attacks or, or whatever energies is to make your heart put get get a microphone and put it at your heart and listen to your heart listen to the beautiful exquisite frequencies and codes that are in your heart and take action upon, upon what your heart is guiding you to do and our heart is just love it's just just total total love and and it wants to serve it deeply deeply is orientated towards serving our brothers and sisters and so if you really really listen to your heart and take actions based upon your heart you will become untouchable you will become untouchable and so we have to raise our frequency with the the source fractal that we spoke about many call it god many call it the universe there's a thousand names for it million names for it but it's only one one energy which is the universal energy of creation and so our job is to come into alignment with that and and stabilize at that level and that is possible because i have had that experience and that doesn't mean i buy like i've spent the last 25 years deeply involved in shadow work because the truth of the matter is when you have a massive enlightenment experience like what I did when I was 21 the reality of that was that it's like a big massive light goes on in your consciousness but you suddenly realize your consciousness is like this school hall and in this school hall there's loads of clutter and there's loads of dust and there's loads and loads of ancestral shit that you have to clear so enlightenment you don't just like bypass it you have to you have to then it like has to come through the body and so I've I've devoted my whole adult life to like totally embracing the darkness. I embrace the darkness. I embrace my triggers because every time that happens, it's an opportunity for me to bring light to a part of me that was that I was like separate from, you know. And every time I do the shadow work, it exponentially uh, increases my potency and my spiritual power. So when we're talking about stabilizing in a higher frequency level, it's not like bypassing your shadow. The only way you're going to get there is through the shadow, through your ancestral wounds, through healing all the trauma, through atoning your whatever or all of the um, the programs. Do you know what I mean? But eventually, if you really, really do apply yourself to be, because I, I see myself as like a triple A star spiritual student. Do you know what I mean? And if I know if, there, if there's like a job for me to do, I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to like be avidly like a top like student in college. Do you know what I mean? I'm like the prefect, I'm, and, and that's what I'm going to do because. 
because I'm going to do the work to get to that level. And the reason why I want to get to that level is for my brothers and sisters, because I want to stand in that place, that vibrational place of mastery, of spiritual mastery, and to be an impeccable role model. I'm very, very, very deeply invested in being the most impeccable role model that I can be. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do it and, and it's going to be no bullshit. I'm just going to like do it. Do you know what I mean? beautiful amazing amazing Thank you. what about you Kate you're so wise <laughs> what, was the, what was the question well what <laughs> our question what you just asked us what's your advice to our listeners about how how to deal with yeah, demon both, situations both, both actually said it really perfectly I think it's it's vibration and it's about listening to your heart it's about being really authentic I think whenever we go into victim, I think when we go into victim, that makes us a magnet for demons. Yeah. Like poor me, uh, yeah. whenever we're in anger, whenever we're projecting out. So it's about really keeping that alone. It's about knowing that we are love. We like that is just all we are, and yeah. it's all we ever have been. It's all we ever will be. And anything that's not love, it's there to. It comes in to help us heal. So then we can say, okay. I recognize that you are showing up in my life in order that then I, using my spiritual tools that I've developed over eons, as you were saying, Jen, using my spiritual tools, I can um, look at you and I'm not scared of you and you don't have power over me and I can forgive you and I can release you and I can let you go. And doing that, then we're transmuting the energy, right? We're sealing timelines, we're ending we're ending ancestral patterns, ancestral trauma. And yeah, that's that's how we literally become Stargate. Like you're saying, Paul, we're transmitters. And so the more we do the work to actually on a deep cellular level, clear our energy, clear our vibration, then we can hold more light. And I see our cells as being like the TARDIS, right? Or it's like a mobile phone. It's like your cells are like tiny, tiny microscopic, but they have unlimited capacity to hold information. So this has all the information that we know, right, in this little thing, and our cells mm. is the same. So the more we clear, and that's physical, mental, emotional, the more we clear on all those levels, then the more we can hold light. And then it's not like things stop happening, because like you say, the stronger you get, then it's like the bigger the demons you have to fight. <laughs> but you're just like, okay, I can do this. I got this. I know how to do this. And then it's like, yeah, then you have like a period, and then it's on to the next one. So it's just... Yeah, it's just constant, isn't it? But you just, yeah, your sword gets sharper each time. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> so beautiful. I, I just feel inspired to share with you that yesterday I hosted this Equinox transmission, the Equinox ceremony, and we've had over a thousand people do it. And then suddenly I was in the middle of the ceremony and it was like plot twist. And then suddenly we were like, right, we're going to Rome, guys. And then we all went to Rome. There was like loads and loads of us like doing the ceremony. And then we were all like dressed in white. And I was like, oh, we're here, demons, we're here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And um, it was so funny. And then we did this like most incredible. Um, just light work in Rome we opened up this like beautiful beautiful stargate and um and then we called in the, the, the Arcturian elders and we actually did this um transmutation or this healing for all the media because the last transmission we did the police and we did this ceremony whereby we visualized all of the police in Australia um removing their helmets and being given a white dove and then they all put the white dove in their heart which connected them to their heart energy and then the next day 
say it was like loads of like West Victoria police and all like you know they'd all had enough and it was amazing stuff so we decided to do the same thing with the media that we were going to like bring these awakening codes to the media it was so powerful but it all took place at um in in Rome and I was like thinking, god I'm so brave man I am so brave like it's probably one of the darkest places in the universe like literally and um but it was like no we're there because we're in our light we're in our light Archangel Michael was there Mother Mary was there all the galactics were there they gave us this beautiful golden cloak this next level golden cloak for protection but but that just shows you that you know when you get to that level it's like uh, there, there's no fear there's no fear I actually feel sorry for him and I actually feel love for him I, I'm like oh you poor bugger like you must be so flipping sad you need a cuddle they are us at the end of the day right they are us they're just we're all one yeah and we're all helping each other like Paul was saying we're all helping each other to get to the next phase of evolution so we couldn't do it without them yeah Yeah. that's so beautiful Kate so maybe we'll end it just by um like I feel like it's been a really long year and I really didn't think we would get to the point we are now with all the injections and everything but I still I've still been so positive and so hopeful all the way through and I do feel like it's gonna end and it's gonna end really soon and maybe Mm. October is the month when we see lots of revelations coming out what what do you both feel like where do you feel we are currently? Um, Well I, I was having this conversation last night in a live um, when they kept saying the tables are turning. Um, the tables have turned um, already. There's absolutely, there's there's no way at all that there's any going back now. Um, so when you spoke there about the push for the, on the children and all this kind of stuff, um, I celebrate them. And that's whilst obviously, I have empathy for those that will accept taking the mark of the beast, as I call it. Um, and I have empathy, but that's their path too. So I have to respect that that's their path and they'll navigate through their path and there will hopefully be people around them to to help them and to bring the light in and to give them love and support and such like in the coming months because we're going to have a dark winter. That I do know. We're going to have a dark winter. For those that have accepted the mark of the beast they're really going to struggle this winter um and again this is another driver for the reiki academy that we're going to set up healing centers all in all the counties and literally for all those that are really struggling we're just going to bring the life force back into them so that we can keep the head above water and so that they can hopefully then start to align themselves with the truth love god whatever um to, to save themselves really to save themselves um and that's going to be a process now for the next two three years i think over the next two three years all those that have accepted the mark of the beast um it's going to be some troubling times for them um i think in the next two months we're going to see a big shift in the media as they start to report the truth or little bits of the truth i think the vast majority of the human race by the end of the year will be completely aware of what's been taking place as many truth bombs will come and between now and 2023 it's not my own insight this as you know i've got a team um, where i've got seers and an oracle and 
all that kind of stuff. Got a great team. And something that's been a common theme of coming through in terms of insights is that between now and 2023, we'll see the collapse of the empire and the truth will will out and shine the light and everyone will start to align themselves at different paces. But that'll be between now and 2023. And then from 2023 to the year 2030, seven years, will be a massive rebuild. Um, and then those seven years will be when we start to see new leaders start to emerge and the old archaic systems in the pharmaceutical industry, the banking systems, governmental system and the educational system, the health system, all of it is going to be completely transformed during those seven years. So then by 2030, um, we'll be pretty much ready then to set, move forward as a collective into singularity or the golden age or whatever description you want to use. Amazing. How does that resonate with you, Jen? Yeah, that, that does resonate, definitely. Um, there's so much to say. I think that, you know, all eyes are on Oz at the moment. And that's, you know, that's very important what's going on there. And um, when I heard about what happened yesterday, my, my immediate feeling was, was the dumbs. That was my just intuitive feeling was the dumbs. And then I sort of yeah. looked into it and, and I was like, I just couldn't shake off that feeling that it was, it was the dumbs. So um, that felt, that feels good because we did hear that Australia was going to be last with that. So um, getting goosebumps. So I think that there is, there is these two timelines that are being played out. And I think that the, um, the, the globalists are, I mean, it's just, it's like, it can't get any worse for them, but they're just not giving up. And they're even that they're just showing up for the battle, even though it's like game over somehow, but they're just using every single desperate measure to, um, to create the illusion of power and control. But what is so beautiful is the fact that humanity is, is waking up and, and particularly in Australia, because I think they've had quite the good life. They've had the good climate. They've had the good income. They've had, do you know what I mean? Good, good way of uh, living and stuff like that. High quality way of living. It's created a huge amount of apathy in, in a lot of the, the collective so the fact that Australia is rising now and it's like they've been poked enough and a lot of the men are, are rising and saying no I, th I think this is very very important energy for the planet and it's setting like a, a precedent and there's something about Australia which is connect it's like almost like a linchpin it's like this element of like it's a linchpin for their plans and if, if we can pull it it's, it's, it's all collapsed it can't it, it can't be built so I, I'm focusing a lot of love and a, a lot of attention on that land and um, really, you know, holding that vision, praying in the true way that we pray. We don't pray by going to God with a begging bowl saying, oh, please, God, bring healing. We go, we pray by holding that vision, by saying, thank you, God. Thank you for resolving that. Thank you for br bringing healing and bringing peace to that land. So I'm really, really holding that energy for Australia. But I think for most what what's happening now is like from this recent enlightenment portal is it's very it's this is the time for us to step up with our embodiment and to realize that you are the golden age you are the golden age codes you you are god's source energy and and basically the only way that we're going to actualize that as a collective is when we step up on an individual level to to, to, to that that state of mastery do you know what i mean so everyone has to just 
Stop looking for a guru. Stop looking for a teacher. Stop looking for your twin flame and understand that it's, it's, it's you. Only you can give yourself permission to drop your victim story, to free yourself of your programs and to put your crown that mother, father, God gave you and shine like a MF. Do you know what I mean? That is your job. And only you have the power to uh, empower you to do that. All we can do, all I can do is stand as a role model. Oh, look, I'm wearing my crown. Oh, yeah, it feels great. Oh, it's wonderful. You know what I mean? And that's all I can do is be that role model. But I can't give you your crown. No one other than you can do it. So this is really the crux time now for, 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 for the collective and especially the 144,000 to really step up now to a much more deeper level of embodiment, of, of embodying the vibration of the golden age and holding that. And as we hold that as micros of the macro, then we activate that within our holographic reality for a start, but also we, we add to the energy that that, that grounds it for the whole entire collective so the whole the whole point of life I believe is to come to the to the zero point to come to the present moment and realize that this is it you think you're searching for x y and z but you're not you're searching for your consciousness to fully fully arrive home in the present moment and so let that be your focus your spiritual mastery let that be your focus because when one soul truly truly arrives home we create this field of peace of, of extraordinary galactic otherworldly peace that just permeates profoundly into the collective and this is how we get our world back <laughs> Kind of <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to end it. Paul, did you want to add anything? No, that that that's yeah, very good, very well articulated, and a great way to end the show. I think. You want to play? I'd love to invite you both onto my podcast. Will you both come onto my podcast? Yeah, sure. <laughs> love really you. Happy. I'd love to have you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Do, do you want to plug anything, Paul? Have you got Reiki courses coming up? um i've not set the next ones yet um london's very popular so it's likely um we're going to be heading to london next we'll have the dates over the next few days for london just trying to source a venue that isn't charging a thousand pounds an hour <laughs> um and then also we're going to be heading to cornwall leicester and ireland is very popular as well so so what yeah so Brighton? Come to sorry? Brighton, Brighton. Yeah, sorry, Brighton's very popular. Um, yeah. Lucy Davis is um, helping me out with that. I don't know if you, do you know Lucy Davis? I know Lucy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She was on my course, on the last course. Oh, really? And, yeah, she was on it. And um, yeah, she she's getting the Brighton sorted for me. So yeah, going to be heading to Brighton as well. So oh, well, let yeah, me know. It's... I live in Brighton. Oh, perfect. Well, I'll tell yeah. you what. Um, when I speak to Lucy Davies shortly, um, I'll, I'll sort, yeah. sort things out. Well, I've got a little group, Paul. I've got, it's called Awake Brighton and Hove. Cool. So it's like a little hub. So you can, you can promote it on that group. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one thing. What was it? Oh, I think it's gone. You want to plug it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, the things that I'm, I've, I've got coming up, I'm going to be hosting a free three-day masterclass 
on wealth consciousness and spirituality and so we'll put the link to if you want to sign up for that but it's a very very important conversation it's, it's really about manifestation mastery and how do we work with the quantum field to align with our heart's desires it's going to be a very very deep conversation about desires and about the fact that our, our desires are very very holy and our desires were placed in our hearts by our creator and we are coded to manifest and align with all the desires in our heart and if we're blessed to actually know and, and hear one of them then we have every single thing we are completely tooled up to be able to manifest that so it's like really reframing this conversation around desires around manifestation and about it really empowering us as as manifestors that's where i'm at right now so i've got a free three-day masterclass. And um, and then I've obviously gone to have my 1010 uh, transmission, which is a big global ceremony. Thank sounds a lot more, more exciting than mine, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it all sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to come to your talk. Cool. <laughs> come to my, my three-day masterclass. I wish I had more than three hours to myself at the moment. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Never mind three day. days. It's one all hour right, a okay. day. Ah, okay. Fair enough. You, you've cornered me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very amazing. Since cool. we all started last year, I always knew, like I was saying to people, right, we've already won, right? This is yeah. a yeah. we've already won. And then it kind of perplexed me how so many people didn't know that we already won. But I think that's one of the beauties of this conversation is that the two of us are totally on the same page with that. And I hope everyone listening is really felt the power of that and felt that the knowledge that the awareness of that is that yeah this is a battle that we've already won and just to yeah hold the faith and keep the vibration high and it's all going to work out beautifully yeah so thank you both so much it's been such a thank you okay i can't wait to see you i'm going to come to london soon to see you. <laughs> all right so much love thank you very much speak okay. soon yes bye 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 beloved